office, baby! Woo! For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 66 of Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we got a guest this week. Yes, a, we do. A guest for a long time that was our most requested guest. And then he finally came on. He started a culinary craze that is sweeping Twitter, left and right. The man that knows how to take a piece of bread, a piece of bologna, Another piece of bread, another piece of bologna, some crushed up chips, add some hot sauce. My man, Goose Payne. What it do, people? What it do? Uh, I believe this is an appropriate uh, episode to have Goose return because, uh, as our listeners may have heard last week when Will mentioned it, they went on a little adventure last weekend. Rode around. And boy, was it an adventure. Rode around in the death trap. We will get to that very soon. But I got a couple of uh, pieces of business to take care of. Got to give you the business. Oh, Hawes, give him the business. If you want to follow us on Twitter, <laughs> if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at Blue Harvest Pod. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. And you can get Blue Harvest stuff at tpublic.com slash blueharvestpodcast. And that's our business. And uh, before we get into you guys' story, because guess what? Not a lot of Star Wars news this week. So uh, I, th uh -oh. I thought maybe we should update the listeners on the uh, situation that we brought up last week with a um, very similar-named podcast. Uh, I have actually been in contact with this podcast. They emailed me uh, to, I guess, try to clear the air. Uh, to make a long story short, they basically told me, uh, yeah, we were aware of your podcast, but we decided to name our show this anyway. I said to them... Didn't think it was a big deal. I said to them, look, 
really, it's fine. But what uh, I would have appreciated a heads up, especially since you say you were aware of the show before. Right. But as far as I'm concerned, like, look, we'll just let them do their thing. We'll do our thing. All right. I think that's what we're going to do going forward. I think that's fair enough. Um, and I think um, I think we've got a lot of stuff in the works. Um, I was contacted by one Mr. Steve Cobra with an idea for a project. And uh, hopefully next Ooh. week we'll have some information on that. Uh, I should have told Will about this project before we recorded, but I forgot. So I'm just going <laughs> to assume he's cool and I'm he's in. in. I'm... Uh... I'm totally curious now and excited. Let's just say it's going to be musical. All right. So uh, moving on. Uh, the only other thing I want to say is we have gotten word that some of our listeners, who we appreciate very much, may have gone and left some unfavorable reviews for this other podcast. First off, I appreciate the effort and the thought behind doing that, and I like that you guys were taking up for us. Um, if you could, please get rid of those reviews. And the only reason I say that is because we have been victim of uh, other podcasters leaving us reviews and being shitty to us. And uh, I think our listeners are above that. So why don't we take the higher road? And uh, maybe get rid of those reviews if you guys have a chance. But uh, we'll just leave it at that and move on. Uh, where was I? Fuck. Oh, okay. Um, you fellas went on an adventure last weekend. On Saturday. <clears throat> a deep woods adventure. A deep woods adventure. Yes. Um, our listeners may remember me talking about riding around in Goose's fucking death trap of a recreational vehicle the razor <laughs> the polaris razor uh, the razor 1000 okay i'm sorry the razor 1000 my bad uh, no i it is totally okay it's just i like badass. to call it the goose hog cuz it looks like a little mini uh, warthog that's pretty pimp what uh well, first off, I'm glad to see that neither of you have grievous head injuries. No. No. Uh, uh, I mean, I, Will has the mane, and I, got, I have a funny-shaped head, so it's not going <laughs> to hurt us. Oh, God. You guys making me nervous. That, thing is, that thing's got <laughs> danger written all over it. Goose, <laughs> I was talking to Goose about this yesterday. He's like, what about it is it that's so scary to you? And I tell it's because I had that four-wheeler wreck a few years back, and, like, it spooked me. It spooked me. Where you flipped that four-wheeler on top of yourself. Yes. Yes, we've talked about that. So uh, why don't you guys fill me in? Uh, uh, paint a, a mind picture. Make me feel like I was there. So what, what, what happened? Well, you got up early on um, Saturday morning, drove over to Caledonia. Got up Saturday morning, drove over to Caledonia about mm, eight. Got there about eight forty-five or nine. Uh, had breakfast at Champions, a a one bologna Big Mac made by Goose Payne himself. Oh my lord! And I tell you, sir, it was exquisite. It was like I don't know. It was like the Hamburglar making a hamburger for you. Or <laughs> I, 
<laughs> or stealing a fresh hot hamburger for you. I don't know. Oh my god. But um, it was great. It was awesome. Washed that down with the nice water, and then we went and Goose took me for a little trial run in the Razor One Thousand. We went down to the corner store and we got uh, put a case of beer in the cooler, put a couple bags of ice on it, a couple Gatorades, a couple waters, you know, for hydration in between cervezas. And then uh, he let me drive it, and I tore ass down this country road. And dude, the ass goes out. <laughs> When oh, you I hit know. this gravel road, I have like this L-shaped gravel road. On the do what now? Oh, I was just saying I haven't driven it, but I I I know that thing gets slippy. Old slippy. Oh, it's <laughs> awesome! Like it's awesome! Like you could slip and slide and like power slide around this gravel corner. It was awesome, and uh, it, it's just like you put your foot down, and before you know it, you're doing 50 miles an hour, and it doesn't feel like it feels like you're going 10 miles an hour, but you're doing 50 in a like an open top vehicle with all of nature around you ready for it to conquer uh so uh, i know will has a little bit of a speed demon in him will thinks like will i, I in my head i call will uh forza horizons because this motherfucker <laughs> uh the the infamous old-fashioned uh, uh, night that's when, funny that's funny when goose was in town right um and uh will came and picked me up and we went out to the bars Will took me some back, not even back roads, but some route to the bar through this neighborhood. And, dude, once again, I was like, I'm going to die. This, this motherfucker is <laughs> speeding ass through this neighborhood. Like, no, no care for life or limb. Getting up on two wheels on a Dodge Durango that's got the fucking, the transmissions going out on it. Man, I was, I was certain we weren't making it. So I knew. Oh, it wasn't that bad. What it. It's this. It's in Birmingham, and it's on the back of one of these hills. That's like one of the foothills to the Smoky Mountains. It's this big hill, and um, this road is the perfect road because it basically goes uphill one way and then downhill the other. And there's these super awesome curves, and you can see ahead of you. So if like headlights are coming or if another car is coming, and then the road splits so that it's not. A two-way, like there's not someone coming on your left or your right. It's two one-way streets that are separated by like you know 20 yards. So it's just great if you if you know the road really well and you've driven it a lot, you can take it a little faster than you should and hug those corners really nice. And I mean, it'll freak somebody out that's never done it. But I don't think that would put your life in danger. I'd hope that I didn't. I might have a little speed demon in me, a little Forza, Forza for real life. Speed demon. So, uh, all right. Hey, Will, Will, the next time you come down, like, I have to wait until Amanda's here, and I'll put you in her car. Okay. And, uh, I'll, let you, I'll let you play around with that thing. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I, I showed her when she, when she wanted it. She's like, I want the sports edition. I'm like, you don't, you don't even know what a sports edition is. <laughs> well, I showed her what the sports edition was, and she, she was looking for the handles and everything. She was... She was kind of terrified. I mean, it had I mean, a that's full what it's for. Suspension. Yeah, and uh, I, I was going really, really fast in that car. So, dang, it's, fun, it's a it's a fun car. Halls has been in there. I, I took him for a ride in it. So, uh, so you you picked up some beer, a crucial component of this out outgoing. What kind of beer did you pick up? Oh, dude, the only kind of beer for being out in the sun when you're four wheeling, uh, Bud Light. No. Oh. Bud Light, the prince of beers. I yeah, don't know good. about the prince. 
It's kind of. Well, like I was just a, thinking if if Bud Heavy is the king of beers, oh. then Bud Light's got to be the prince of beers. I don't know. I was just kidding. I'm surprised Goose didn't have some banquet beer. Goose was up on banquet beer for a while. Coors banquet beers. Those would have been good, but those are heavy. You can't drink those all day. Yeah. Goose probably uh, would. <laughs> yeah. I might, well, I would. I would. I like the banquet beer, and uh, for some reason, I like the champagne of beer. I like Miller High Life too. High Life. High Life gives me a headache. He had some yingalings, but they were they had already gotten hot and they weren't going to be good cold back down. So loaded up with beer, you guys hit we, hit the road. Where well, did you, where was your destination? Well, let me let me reiterate. Like when when I left and we went to go get the ice and everything, I straight just drove the razor into town. Like I mean, I live about uh, three miles outside of town, and I just drove it into town. Drove and when he says drove it into town. He means he drove it to the corner store, nowhere near town, where you get bait and like crackers <laughs> and cheese. Well, actually, well, that that was my, the main part of town. Like, I hate to tell you about my town. Yeah, <laughs> bro, you don't know much about Caledonia, do you? Well, I used to spend a good bit of time um, in Caledonia when this I was really a kid. close to Columbus. Well, yeah. it, well, when I was a kid, my Taekwondo classes were in Caledonia. Oh, okay. And my best friend in like school growing up lived in Caledonia. So I spent quite a bit of time in Caledonia. I believe there is one stoplight or have they upgraded to more than one? I think there's still no, only one. There's one. One, one. stoplight. Right there next to uh like the city hall that looks like it's in a strip mall. Uh yes, and also uh, I believe that city hall area is where I took uh karate. <laughs> or taekwondo. Yeah. Little knife and, and, hand and thrust action. The the main strip right there it has uh, City Hall on the corner. Uh, for some reason, I pay Monroe County Electric, and I don't live in Monroe County. I'm still in uh, in uh, Lowndes County, but I, I pay Monroe County Electric, <laughs> and then the co-op, uh, the Caledonia Co-op. They're all in one building together. So. Uh, you know that's that's all information that's going to be real relevant to this. The, the co-op, it's all in one building. Lowndes County, Lamar County, whatever. Um, so you guys rode up to the corner store. You got some ice, some beers, some waters, some drinks, and then and, and we did have water and Gatorade. Yeah, just for oh, yeah. Uh, rehydration for cleaning off the razor afterwards. You you no, want to last was, all day. Yeah, you had to you had to. Sp- Spread it out. And no one wants to throw up. So you then uh, head back to Goose's house, put the razor up on a trailer, right? Right. Yep, precisely. And, and then we get in the truck, and we take the truck to Houston, Mississippi, where the ATV park is. That's like 45 minutes to an hour away from Goose's house. So a little bit of ride, you know, just hanging out with Goose in the truck, riding to the ATV park. So and when we get to the ATV oh, park, I'm sorry, go ahead. Crucial question. What music was Goose listening to in his truck on the way to the ATV park? Oh, okay, get this. Uh-huh. So, Goose... Goose switched. always has something he's going to he- let you hear. You, yeah, you would think that, right? I'm right. about to knock your socks off. Goose switched from iPhone to Android, right? And he uses his old iPhone just for the iTunes, like left all the music on there. So, like, all of Goose's music is on this old iPhone that doesn't make calls or anything. Uh, he goes and leaves the iPhone at home. So all wow. Goose has got is whatever he can access, you know, on the way that's already music downloaded to his phone. So I'm listening to like, 
you know, early 2000s rap, a couple Eminem songs, you know, just like not Goose's normal bank of whatever the fuck he wants you to listen to. (laughs) It was whatever the fuck Goose had on his phone already downloaded. There's been many a time when I've gotten in Goose's car and he'd be like, oh man, have you heard (laughs) that new M? Oh man, rap god, man, he's back, baby, relapse. (laughs) And then that's what we listen to. And that was kind of the story for the day, because Goose has this big-ass Bluetooth speaker on the ATV as well, on the, the side-by-side, like they like to call it. Uh, and so we listened to all the music off his phone, and then we listened to all the music off my phone, and then we listened to all the music off my phone one more time. Nice. Yeah, I told Will to have to put the, his shit on repeat. <laughs> yep. Uh, and that was good, though. But So we got down to the ATV part, and it's off in the woods, and... When I say it's off in the woods, like you take you take a paved road to a gravel road to another gravel road, and then you're at the ATV park. Right. And by the way, there is no cell phone reception. So if somebody should you have an accident, right? You know, exactly. you pull up to the ATV park, and you're like, oh, you know, you know, when Goose says ATV park, I'm like, oh, okay, like I'm sure it's you know a park with some parking spaces and a offloading ramp. No, you pull up and it's a house. A house with a window unit air conditioner hanging off and some dudes sitting on the porch. A little table out on the side under a, a carport with oh. some forms. And he's like, you got to go give them your $10 and sign that waiver. So if you die or break your neck or something, they're not responsible. I was like, okay, this looks great. Oh, my. So hold, up. Up hold up. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> we got to stop. Er- okay, hold on. You're trying to tell me this critter-ass shit is just someone's yard? This oh, yeah. is just someone's that's got this a lot is, of land? They're like, I'm going to build a house? This is someone's mama's house and the back this is, this is what you call hustling. The, oh, my gosh. I thought this was going to be like an, a legitimate establishment, like a skate park. Yeah, well, it's, it, now, to, to, to be clear about this, it is an establishment. He has, like, he has made his acreage into an ATV park, a rideable ATV park with trails, fully functional trails. And he has, I mean, it's it's a licensed uh, ATV park. Anybody can look it up. It's called Mudslingers. S-L-A-N-G-E-R, Slangers. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The the name of the establishment you guys went to was, man, it's Mudslingers, S-L-A-G-G. E-R-S. No, S-L-A-N-G-E-R-S. Slangers. Yeah, slang. Like, and I, I'm not talking someone. shit. It's not like this no, place no, no. was rickety or broke down. I'm I mean, just, it was it was in good shape. I'm but just, you pull up and you're like, I'm in this dude's yard, bro. Where where are we uh, Where are we supposed to park? <laughs> no. I, and I, I'm who just, were the first people we talked to, Will? The owners, the brothers, the owner brothers. And they came out there, they're very... Uh, they're cool as very, shit is what they were. Very country, good people. Like they talk to you and stuff. I mean, hell, we we had to work on the razor, and who helped us out? They did. Well, I mean, hey, I'm not down. I'm not taking down this place. I'm just trying to make sure we paint an accurate picture for our listeners. Painting a word picture. You are out in the middle of East Bumfuck, Mississippi, down some gravel that, roads. That, that is correct. <laughs> What what town is this considered, Goose? Or is it does it even not is it a, it's a, it's a, it's just considered in a county? It's near Houston. Uh, it's, yes, it's like I don't want to say like six miles from Houston. Uh, and Houston's right up Nat- near Grenada. Okay. Yes, yeah, it's, it's on Natchez Trace. Like uh, I'm right there next to Natchez Trace. Next so, to Vardaman, Houston, 
Calhoun City okay. in Grenada. All right, yeah. so you guys have to pay ten bucks. Yeah, so there's a couple trucks there already, but Goose likes to get there a little early, and I see why. I'll explain why in a second. Okay. But so we get there, I sign my death and injury waiver, and then I look up on the wall, you know, on the outside, and there's this big giant sign that's directions to the nearest hospital. And I was pointing to Goose. I was like, "Oh, that's nice. That's handy in case you need to go to the nearest hospital, because you damn sure can't call out. It's right. not like you're calling the ambulance to come get anybody, because there is no cell phone reception." And Goose is like, "Yeah, they've had to airlift a couple folks out of here." And I was like, "Oh, that's fun." Okay, so <laughs> so what I'm gonna say is, yesterday when I was talking to Goose, he was like, "Oh man, when you come down not yet, next, not yet, not yet." What? Don't don't talk about that just yet. Wait till the end. Wait what till the talking end. about me coming? Like you saying the next time I come down, you're gonna take me to this place? Oh, you better okay. go. It's yeah. fucking awesome. No, well, yeah. you're not you're not selling me on the airlifting and the uh, and the what have you. So th- these people are like. This is a quote-unquote safe environment for you to ride around in your death trap. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. Okay. So safer uh, environment. So there's a there's a sign as you let's get back to it. You were talking about there's a sign. People get so airlifted there, there's out. There's the sign giving you directions to the nearest hospital should you need them. And then uh, so we pull up, and there are <laughs> there there are a couple people there already. A couple trucks, um, probably four or five pickup trucks. With trailers on the back, all all kind of mostly four wheelers, you know. Um, there were there were guys out there with a couple side by sides, but there it was just lots and lots of four wheelers. But uh, Goose actually convinced me that the way to go is side by side because if you got a buddy coming with you or just the sheer power of that machine to conquer some of that stuff, you know, and pull out people and just just help people out there on the trails. <coughs> And it's just fun. It's easy to drive. It's not like you got to worry about clutching and shifting gears. I mean, it's just like driving an automatic transmission. The thing will just go, and it'll go over whatever the hell you want it to go over. But um, we get out there, and and the trails are nice. They're in good shape, but that's because we're there early. Goose likes to get there early and ride those trails. And fuck not them all a up. Lot of people out there. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Um, because people will get out there, and if it rains throughout the day, those trails will just turn into slop, and people get stuck. And, you know, some of the, the 16, 17, 18-year-old redneck kids on their four-wheelers can just tear those trails up. And, uh, but they're in good shape when you get out there early. And Goose took me basically down on all the trails, and there were several, like probably 15, 15, 16 nice, nice trails. And I caught myself wondering, like, how do you make these trails? Like, because there's a trail that'll go, you know, up like 45 degree angle up the side of a hill, like basically cresting the top of a mountain and then immediately back down on the other side. No cars going up that. No cars going. I mean, how do you make that trail? And Goose was like, it's a tractor. Like, they have a tractor that will clear these trails out that'll get up that if you have to. And that made a lot of sense, but. I mean, some of these trails are just big enough to fit that ATV through it. Like, there there was a log across one of them that was going straight up, and me and Goose had to get out and, like, pick the log up and throw it off the side to get over the rest of that trail. Like, in, in most logs, that ATV will climb over. But <clears throat> for the majority of the morning, you know, we drank a couple beers and burned up the trails, just riding through them, like checking out the backwoods, making it through 
some deeper mud puddles and just seeing the whole thing. Like there's this pond in the back and the pond is kind of like this central congregating place where everybody pretty much gathers. Okay. So, you know, and then the kids, the, the kids, you know, basically, you know, late high school, early college age kids will be out there on their foilers with the girlfriends just tearing through this little pond. And basically what happens is the front end of the four-wheeler goes straight up and the back end of that four-wheeler goes straight down into the water. But what you have to do is you have to have your rig set up so that you got a snorkel coming out the top so water doesn't go down into your engine. Uh. So you have to have your four-wheeler specifically set up to do this, snorkeled, so you don't get you know water down in the engine. But And then you basically ride that four-wheeler across these ponds with the, the back tires you know, paddling you through or sitting on the bottom, depending on how deep the water is. But it's it's odd to watch that huge machine bob up and down in the water like a cork, like a fishing cork, you know, and just putt right through that water. It's just fascinating. And these kids <laughs> fascinating. were just tickled to death to do that all day long, just back and forth, you know, one, one side to the other, back and forth, back and forth. And and all the rest of us were just watching them go back and forth, seeing who was going to flip it, who was going to roll it, who was going to be stupid and get water down in their snorkel and tear their engine up, you know, who's going to dunk their girlfriend off in the back. It's just it's fun to watch them, you know. So it's so it's a fun adventure and some in, in uh, entertaining people watching. Oh man, that that would have been the highlight for me was the people watching. It's a oh, sociology lesson. Awesome. Yeah, it's people watching. I, like I, I'm I'm. A- Proficient at people watching. I like to uh, I like to check out my environment around me at all times. And so. Goose is like the good dude of the whole ATV park. Goose is going to pull mm-hmm. up. He's the he's Jedi. Gonna say, he is. He's going to say howdy. He's going to make sure you know he introduces himself. He's going to find something to talk about, some common denominator. And Goose on his ATV has a conversation piece. Now it's the thing. <laughs> That sets Goose's ATV off. Oh, everyone oh shit, it's the little piece of Goose Flare. I know about this. I know what you mean. Go it's ahead. The, uh, it's this green piece of glass that's on the front. It's basically like a mini windshield. And it's, it's that really vibrant glass. Like highlighter yellow almost. Right. That looks like yeah. it's electrically lit. And everyone, you know, people will point. And you think they're pointing at Goose or they're pointing at the ATV. Everybody's pointing at that strip of glass. Because oh, really? every dude we pulled up to was like, is that LED lit, man? How, how you got that? Where you get that from? What's that going on right there? How do I get one of those? That is like, the, I was looking for the cord to it. Before we recorded tonight while I was working, I watched uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh, so fucking awesome. And uh, it's, to me, that sounds like the scene when the Ewoks see C-3PO for the first time. You know what I'm talking about? And they're like, oh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I believe they think I'm a god. <laughs> I believe they think I'm some sort of deity. Um. Okay, so yeah, I, t- I, I told Will about that. I was like, "Look, when we go out here, I said, uh, you know, I'm not gonna meet a stranger. Uh, I'll, I'll ride around. I'll talk to whoever I, whoever I see." But that's so, crucial. There's a reason, and I'll tell you why in a second. Go ahead, Goose. I and I and I pull up to random people, and I told him before I pulled up to it. I was like, "Look." They're going, to, they're going to talk about a couple different things. It's like there's, there's going to be ATVs out here. There's going to be, you know, big bikes out here. There's going to be, you know, there's going to be other side-by-sides. Like, what you're not going to see is a bunch of 1,000s. You're not going to see a bunch of, of these bikes uh, out here. 
I said, even if we do, you know, I'll still start up a conversation with them. And I said, there's two things they're going to ask me about. I got, uh, I got some lens covers over my headlights that look like eyeballs, look like little green eyeballs. And because my bike is, has a color scheme of green, so I got some green eyeball looking things on the front of my Razor. And the uh, next thing is that windshield that Will was talking about. I said, those are the two things that they're going to talk about no matter what. And it has not failed me yet. Like, it's a Hadn't conversation failed. piece. Like, it, every time that I go anywhere with it, everybody's asking me. Like, even when I go over to, like, friend's house and stuff, they're like, what, what, what's going on with your windshield there? Like, it's, it's not lit. Like, it's not electrically lit. Okay. So, you guys uh, rip around the trails. Go to the pond, the old, the old, the swimming hole. The old, yeah. And, and there's little kids off in there swimming. You and you watch people tool around in that, and then um, people really like the windshield. Okay, that's right. what I've got. And you, people have been airlifted out. You have to sign a waiver, and there's a sign that tells you where the nearest hospital is. Okay, we're up to date. Keep going. Okay, so back to good guy Goose. Goose is gonna meet about everybody that he can. You know, introduce himself, make friends, and that's really important because, you know, Goose is going to ride around and tear some trails up and have a good time, but Goose is also going to make sure that anybody that's stuck, he'll give them a hand and pull them out. Like, Goose is making sure everybody's okay, everybody's safe, anybody that needs pulled out gets pulled out, and that's part of ripping around in the mud. Like, you are, you know, you probably got a 50% chance of getting Karma. that thing stuck. If, Karma. If, yeah. Like, Goose, Goose puts forth the good karma. And so, you know, that he pulls out anybody else and makes sure he makes friends so that when Goose himself gets stuck, you know, there's plenty of people that are more than happy to help pull him out, you know, because they know him, he's a good guy. Right. He pulled somebody else out. It's the give and take. It's the good karma of basically the social situation. Well, um, it's a good thing you guys didn't end up getting stuck. Well, mm -hmm. Funny thing about that <laughs> is that we did get stuck. Okay. I, tell me how that happened. Like, give me a rundown of what happened that led to you guys getting stuck. Okay, so it rained once that morning on the way, which wet the trails up pretty much perfectly. Wet them up to the point where they were easy to ride, and we could sling a little mud, and we could cut a little ass out on the corners if we needed to. But it got to the point where... You know, a, a nice little rainstorm came through, and it rained for a good 10, 15 minutes. And we pulled up under a tree and, you know, just got a little wet, but it was all, it was all right. But it came down, and that, that slicked up those trails really good so that when you started tearing down, I mean, they were slop, like just sloppy trails, slinging <laughs> mud everywhere. And uh, there are certain points through these trails that bottom out, and they just, they look like little, um, I forget, like, you know, the spots on the road that the trenches where the tires are that fill up with water, they're like that, but they're, they're muddy. They're like, like milky and red. So you're not really sure how deep it goes. You know, it could be ankle deep. It could be shin deep. It could be thigh deep. So if you want to conquer one of these trails, you may have to get through one of those little wet spots or these little dips, but you don't know how low it goes. So you're kind of hoping that it's not deep enough that you're going to lose, that you're going to set the bottom of the machine down so the wheels have nothing to pull. But, uh, and we, it's only encountered in one spot. It's funny because we, uh, 
we took a little lunch break. So we rode the trails, and you know, our basic plan, you know, according to Goose, was ride the trails, and then when everybody starts getting out there, when the young kids start loading those four-wheelers out, and they get to being stupid and riding those trails, we kind of get off the trails. Just so, you know, and hang out at the pond and, you know, putter around a little bit. Just so that we're not too drunk riding these trails, coming up on somebody face-to-face. Because the worst thing you want to do is mount one of those really tall hills and then meet somebody coming up the other end face to face because like i said some of those trails are not wide enough to fit two side by side they're one way um so you don't you know you don't want to risk getting hurt part of part of not getting hurt out there is just being smart about how you're doing what you're doing and when you're doing it okay um and i've been riding for a long time i know how yeah, this oh, works oh for yeah. sure for sure nobody's doubting <laughs> your uh your expertise in this goose after lunch, it was it was sloppy. Like uh, all the trails were slop, and but that's a good thing because it's a lot of fun. Uh, we pull up on this one mud hole. Where'd you guys go to lunch? You know I'm a fat guy. I got to know that piece of information. Oh, the house where you pay your money. There's a little slide <laughs> window. You come up two little steps to a slide window, and they're like hamburger three dollars, hot dog two dollars, and they just you know give you a little hamburger wrapped in foil, bag of tater chips. Like that's it. Dude, these guys are fucking, and I mean this in a in nothing but a compliment. Redneck entrepreneurs, dude. Redneck what? rich, gotta be redneck rich. Like these Duck yes. Dynasty motherfuckers. Redneck entrepreneurs. I'm serious. Like, like that is some entrepreneurship there. They're like, nah, we got some land, we got a house. Let's turn this into a business. Let's get a tractor. Let's make some trails. Let's get a little sliding glass window put in on the side of the house. And you know what? We're going to serve these folks food. Money. Well, it, if you just do simple math, uh, Will's probably going to talk about this later, but the, the amount of people out there, $10. Everybody I told you when we got in, when we showed up, there's probably five pickup trucks there. The, and the five pickup trucks that he's talking about with the trailers on the back if my my trailer, I got a six by twelve trailer. All I can fit is a razor on there. But these other trailers they're pulling in there, they have like uh, five and six of the actual ATV four wheelers on there. Like you can fit a lot of them on a little trailer. So you got like five or six people that are paying right then. So and at the end of the day, they're making they're making three or four thousand dollars a day out there on Friday or Saturday and Sunday on and every other weekend. Ten dollars a person. Not ten dollars a vehicle, like ten dollars a person. Right, and right. But you know, by about lunchtime, there's damn near thirty, forty, probably forty plus pickup trucks out there. Pickup trucks stacked deep. You know, the first couple trails, like the first, the first couple, you know, first couple hundred yards of each trail, you find these little pickup trucks with trailers tucked away in little clearings, just because there was no space to park out front. Uh huh. I mean, stacked up with folks. But um, what one of the scary parts is as soon as the very when we first got there and we started tearing the trails up, we got to the pond and got out for a second. And Goose comes back to the back wheel and he's like, "Oh, one of my lug nuts is loose. Uh oh. One, one of the one of the nuts on the. I hope that doesn't come off. That's gonna be real bad if that wheel comes off. I'm like." Well, shit, shit's going to be real bad if the wheels come off. Oh, no. That thing's not made to ride with three wheels, Goose Pain. Goose, so, man. No, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a, like a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was riding with a buddy, and uh, he actually, we actually wrecked my, uh, my Razor. I didn't, it didn't wreck it very bad. 
it bent the, uh, the upper rear radius control arm. And what that does to the wheel, it keeps the wheel straight in the back. Uh, you have two of them that connect to the hub, and that's what keeps your wheel up and down straight. Uh, to make a long story short, I ordered a new part. I put everything off. Well, I, I took everything off and I put everything on. Uh, to, to take this one off, I had to loosen up the bottom, uh, the bottom bolt, the bottom caliper bolt on these things. And uh, it, it's, it's connected by four bolts going down through the hub. And uh, I, loosened, I loosened it up so I could bend it out of the way anyway. Uh, I was just kind of double checking, you know, to make sure everything was, you know, copacetic back there and everything. Well, I noticed the nut was loose. So that's, uh, that's just something that I noticed. You know, just kind of, kind of forced. By the way, thank goodness that he noticed it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, if that bolt would have, if the nut would have came out, if the nut would have came off, no big deal. If the bolt would have come out, we'd have had a fun ride, and that means end over end uh, type of ride. It wouldn't been, it wouldn't have been fun in the literal sense, but it would have been fun to to ride. Uh, I'm telling you right now, what you just described is the the nightmares I have driving around in this thing, riding around in this thing. Oh, it's not like that. Because right. as soon as he did, we just we we easy rode it back to that little house out front and just asked them if they had you know a ratchet set and like something to just tighten that down. And while they didn't ride in the house, one of those guys, you know offloading his four-wheelers off his trailer sure did in the back of his truck in the back of that tool bed and everybody there's real nice so they're more than willing to help you out and give you the tools they need to tighten your stuff down and you know just set you up everybody's real nice okay okay and, and, and me being a mechanic i kind of know exactly what i needed you know so i wouldn't <coughs> you, you know how i do that hauls i i helped hauls uh about six probably six seven years ago we were over in birmingham and uh his, his battery died out in front of, uh, actually, Steve Cobra's house. And uh, I was like, man, look, the battery's just corroded. I was like, I'm, I'm going to need a 10 millimeter to take his battery post off. And everybody's looking at me. I was like, I just need a 10 millimeter. So I'm going to fix his car. And uh, they ran inside, and Steve went up and talked to some dude, and they got me a 10 millimeter, and I, like, uh, tightened his battery cable back up. It wasn't nothing big, but I just know what I need when I need it. You know what? This is crazy. I don't remember this at all. You don't remember that? I, I'm sure it happened, but I do not remember that at all. Like it's yeah, we were, we were parked. Uh, it was when Steve was living on the bottom floor, at the and Phoenix. we were parked at the Phoenix. Yeah, uh, off to the left, we were parked off to the left, and your car wouldn't uh, wouldn't start. And I went over there, and your battery cable was loose. I was like, man, I just need a 10 millimeter to fix it. Huh? I gotcha. Well, anyway, how did you guys get stuck? Oh, Goose, you want to tell them how you got stuck? Yeah, the, uh, we, we were riding and everything, and uh, my, warrant, my, my break in period, not my warranty, but my break in period for the razor is up. So it's, it's pretty much hats off. Like if, if I break it right now, I'm, I'm going balls to the wall. So I'm going to ride it harder and uh, faster than what I normally would. And, uh, I told Will, I was like, man, I gotta go down here. I was like, there's a, there's only one time that I got stuck before in this thing, and I said I'm gonna try to make it through. And he's like, let's go. So we we took off, and uh, we got we went up to this uh, first little spot. And I was like, look, we're about to get a little muddy. I was like, but I made it through this part the first time. I said I can make it through this time. 
kicked the old unit in four wheel drive and uh, I went up this like, I don't know, it's about a six, six foot, seven foot hill right there at the beginning of uh, this little slope. We got muddy, we got covered up with mud and I pulled up and stopped and I was like, look, right here's where I got stuck off to the left. I said, I got three lanes right here. We're going to have to try it. I said, I got to make it through this part right here. So I take off on the right hand side, pull up, going crazy, did not make it. We did not make it up the hill. So I put it in reverse, we back back down. I tried it again, did not make it. I was like, Will, I only got two more options, dog. I was like, left or center? And he's like, man, we're gonna have to take the center. So I just hit it as hard as I could, and there we are. <laughs> <Stop. laughs> There, we were not going anywhere. And uh, now, when you say for, stuck, how like this is in mud, right? You're stuck in mud. But, well, these these things like when I used to ride, we didn't have like these big uh, UTVs, ATVs. Like when remember my old Red Fooler I had? Those were right. 28s. Those those were big tires at that time. That was 2005, 2006, somewhere around there, something like that. Those were big tires back then. This, this Razor comes stock with 30s on it. So the tires are getting bigger. You know, bigger people, like bigger ruts are going to be dug. So somebody mm -hmm. has been through this with a lot bigger rig than what I had. So, I mean, I was driving in ruts that I couldn't, that I, I physically couldn't get through. Uh, and I want to say that I was on my side. Will's, Will's side was up a little bit. My side, I was probably in about four and a half to five feet. Wow! Easy. Whoa! Uh, when I oh. when I stepped out of when I stepped out of the razor, I had to step up to get out of the razor. Of of mud mud, the consistency of like toothpaste. We're not talking like <laughs> slop, slop, firm mud. We're talking like porridge. Gross. So this is you guys are stuck and basic basically and Deuce is, okay Deuce to keep is it keep, like amazed that I'm laughing. Like I, I'm uh, he's having giggling. a good old. He's, he's straight giggling. It's, it's the the thing that I love when I when I take people out riding and everything, is is the sheer enjoyment of of getting the people to see that. Like Amanda's been I've been with Amanda for a long time. She used to go riding with me on my four wheeler. We had a big and rich time. Like and I got this, and just her her reactions and her facial expressions when we go out, I I enjoy that, you know, just as much as I enjoy riding. And the people that I take out, I just enjoy their reaction. You know, getting to do something that that other people are not accustomed to. I've been riding uh, for a long time. I used to race when I was about 15, 16 years old. I used to race four-wheelers back then. So, I mean, I've been doing this for a long, long time. But seeing other people's face, I just surely enjoy watching other people just get that, that excited about stuff and, and watching a grown man sit there and just grab a hold of the, the shit handles and just giggling because I mean, and I'm sitting there like worrying like, I'm like, man, we are out in the middle of no fucking where. And <laughs> this dude is like right sweating. here is like, and he's having the, the absolute time of his life. Like his, his beard is all straight muddy. Like he is, <laughs> he is covered head to toe with straight slop mud and he is, he's giggling. And I'm like, this is, this is, worth it i mean i can go home right now and i would i would have had a blast of the day nice just, just because of how much fun that you know that will was having and i mean i had a, i had an incredible time too but that right there is is what you what you go out and do i mean that's what you spend the money on that's what you buy these for is to go out and have okay. fun on them so you're stuck in the mud 
there's nobody around i take it like because that would be that would just be the to me Easy. this sounds like in uh <laughs> empire strikes back when luke crashes on dagobah that's kind of like what it was that's kind of exactly what it was we were off to the point where there wasn't anybody around and this trail isn't near the main trails so it's not like you got a bunch of people riding by here you know it was going to be a little bit of a trek back to the the farmhouse but i wasn't worried about it you know like i mean that's part of it you get stuck and then you get somebody to come help you pull it out like it's not a big deal like i've been mudding down at the lake bottom with my uncle like hell you get stuck that's just part of it hopefully you just don't get stuck too bad um but this is where the good karma kicks in because we're stuck goose is trying to you know trying to trying to get it out trying to back it up and rock it forward and i jump up on the side of it and he's like i need you to bounce up and down on the side try to get some traction so he's you know he's gunning it like all the way out and i'm my fat ass is jumping up and down on the side (laughs) of the machine trying to get it to rocking i mean it's a rocking because i'm a big old boy but uh that wasn't enough to get it unstuck and as we're doing this and as i get off the machine i mean i get off the machine and i bust my ass like I'm trying to walk on this, like, sloppy toothpaste <laughs> mud, and I just fall face first, like, just face plant in the mud, just oh, giggling my ass off. You... Yeah, oh, yeah, my, like, belly and, and uh, <laughs> my, the front of my shorts and everything, just straight mud. If you want to um, see a picture of what Will looked like, he po- I didn't realize that's how it happened, but he posted one on Twitter, and I said it looked like he'd been stooling. Oh, yeah, uh... The whole if you if you want to see pictures from this outing, I put up pictures from the whole thing on Twitter and you you can find them there. But um, but like I was saying, good karma. Like as we're doing this, the other side, the other dudes that own side by sides, literally come riding up right next to us. The people that Goose had been chatting up and you know <laughs> making friends with this whole time out at the pond, drinking beers with and bullshitting back and forth. Um, they just come, you know, riding by right there at that specific moment. And they're like, y'all need a hand? Like, we're like, hell yeah, that's awesome. Like, and then the dude let his winch out, uh, you know, clipped the winch to the back of Goose's uh, ATV. And they, they eventually got it out. I mean, it took a minute. He had to back up and get enough traction so that he the, the second guy in the yellow one wasn't falling in the mud himself. But, I mean, he pulled Goose right out of there. Nice. So he was you guys' Yoda. He was. Yoda, yes. Which was funny because he was wearing Crocs and he didn't want to get muddy. Like, uh, I was watching this dude. This dude did not get out of his ATV. He'd sit in the driver's seat. But, you know, like most everybody's getting off the ATV, you know, walking around, milling around. That and would this be guy me. is basically be... just staying in the ATV, not getting out, not really wanting to get muddy. That would be me. And I'd be like, I don't want to get mud on my Adidas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to put you in some boots, dog. I got shoes in boots. boots. Uh, Bruh, <laughs> we'll talk about the shoe situation later. Uh, so was that pretty much the end of the adventure? You guys got out of there and no. you're like, no, let's call it a day. No, no. We, we hung out at the pond a little while longer, rode up some more trails later that afternoon, some of the ones we hadn't hit that hard earlier in the morning. I mean. Made a full day of it. Made a full oh, yeah. day. It was great. It was really a great day. Then you guys we took, left out there probably about seven o'clock that night, six thirty, yeah. seven o'clock, something like that. Yeah. Took it back to Goose's house. And yep. then um it, meanwhile, you're still like covered in mud, right? Well, oh caked. yeah. Well, I changed out of the muddy clothes so that I wouldn't get a bunch of mud in Goose's truck. 
I mean, there was still mud caked into my hair and my beard and all over my face, but there's a, <laughs> there's a, there's a hose pipe in, uh, in a, in a closet, basically. No, no light in the closet, just a hose in a closet. And I got up in there and got naked and, uh, hosed myself down cold water, got all the mud off and then just put on a pair of shorts and hopped okay. in the truck. So you took a, a, a change of clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That, okay. That's a must. I, I called him the night before, and he's like, uh, well, he texts me. He's like, uh, do I need to bring anything? I was like, yeah, probably a change of clothes. Like, that's, that's going to be a must. Threw okay. the muddy clothes in the back of the truck and came on home. I had to, I had to take those, those clothes and those shoes out and, like, spray, like, power spray them down just to get all the mud out of them before I could put them in the washing machine. <laughs> my, clo- my clothes are still in the back of the truck. Are you serious? My clothes and backpack, everything's still in the back of the truck. Like, oh. I haven't done nothing. Except clean the razor. You clean the razor. Man, my, my, my trailer is parked out in the middle of my front yard. So, like, I uh, haven't done, done anything. Well, uh, that sounds like a pretty fun adventure, guys. I'm glad neither awesome. of you got hurt. I recommend it for anybody that's going to go out there. And, and, I, and, I, and I welcome it for anybody that's listening. Oh like, my God! Uh, well, maybe, How crazy maybe, would that be if if you're just out there mud slinging and and, and somebody in a baloney Big Mac <laughs> shirt pulls up next to you like mud slingers? Why they got to pull up next to me? Hell, if they want to go, they can contact me and I'll take them. Oh, goose! You should do mud tours like hey, like I a safari, like sell tickets, <laughs> sell tickets for like a, a goose pain day at the mud tour. Comes with a no, baloney Big Mac. Columbus with I a baloney Big Mac. Yeah. Hey, it's just, it, you just got to come ready to have a good time. I can't say, you know, for our female listeners, I don't know how that would pan out with the with the old lady, me taking uh, females out there. No offense to the ladies. I mean, I'd love to take ladies, but uh, I got priorities hey, at the house. Yeah, I know I'm, I'm going to back up lady. that idea, Goose, considering yeah, you're married yeah. to my husband. I, mean, I don't know how it worked yeah. out. For the- but I'm, I'm, any, any, anybody that's <coughs> listening, if, if y'all want to come, I'm all, I'm all game, man. I got extra bedrooms here at the house. And when it's pretty much like a one person, though. You know what I'm saying? It's only a two-seater, so can't be sitting in each other's laps. Yeah. But if anybody wants to come, man, hit me up. I'm ready. <laughs> so I am going to uh, move this. Uh, why don't we talk about a little Star Wars? Yeah, we can take it to the Star Wars. Now, like I said, there wasn't much news this week. Um, but thankfully, we've got awesome listeners who... Uh, Helped fill in this uh, this week. So, first up, we've got a song someone sent us. What? Yep. (laughs) And this is from our buddy Steve. Um, He does um, like uh, he he he, you'll hear him on this show. He he started off the show one week talking about how Ice Cube couldn't stand up to Ice T's jock. Um, He is going to for the foreseeable future be starting the show off with. Blue Harvest, baby. Woo! But uh, he had this to send, and uh, I'm going to see if I can't uh, get this to where you guys can hear it, too. So, Oh, man. I fucked it up. All right, hold on. Technical difficulties. Yep, yep. Cry gun, get out of my mind. Darth Maul's lightsaber went right through your spine. Then you fell down. You're a crippled ghost now. 
Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good, right? That even made Will laugh, and Will is firmly in the the area of hashtag not funny. Hashtag not hashtag funny. Crippled ghost is not funny. Crippled ghost. Crippled is ghost. So funny. Crippled ghost is not funny. Oh, come on, not goose. Funny. You gotta have my back eventually, goose. I'm your goddamn brother-in-law. You can't be loving oh. my best friend better oh. than me. You know, you know how I feel about that. I mean, you played the fucking bullshit joke on me. I so know, I know. I'm, I, okay, I have, a, I have a leg to stand on on this. <laughs> but I don't. All right, uh, so. Pun, pun intended. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Woo! Sorry. All right, so we'll get into some emails now that we played uh, Steve's beautiful song to us. The first email is from Josiah. And his, the subject of his email is stooling. What's up, guys? Hope all is well. My question is this. Do you think not having Vader front and center in the marketing for Rogue One is going to hurt the film? I understand that there are new characters that look amazing, but my wife has no clue when this movie takes place, even after watching the trailer. Also, hashtag stooling. So, uh, um... I don't know that it'll hurt the marketing of the film or hurt the film in the long run because I still think there's time to show us more Vader. We haven't gotten... I, I think the two trailers we've gotten are still considered teaser trailers. So I think there's a good possibility that once we get the full trailers for the movie, we'll get a full trailer and then some TV spots. I bet you we end up seeing a good bit more of Vader closer to the movie. Um, and hopefully that does sort of clear the confusion for people. What do you I guys think, think? I think that, you know, uh, they've used Vader pretty judiciously in a teaser kind of manner to promote this movie. And I think that's incredibly appropriate because I think too much gratuitous use of Darth Vader in this next movie will interfere with his importance in the rest of the storyline arc that he's in. You know, I don't want to see Vader being made a fool of. I don't want to see the Rebels get away from Vader too many times. Or, right. You know, I don't want to see that happen because that'll water down his badassness in episode four. You know, like, in episode four, there's really this amazing introductory moment of, like, you might be badass, but you'll never be Vader blowing in that door on, you know, the rebel blockade runner at the beginning of episode four badass. And, you know, as far as not knowing where this story takes place in the con the continuum, I think that's really going to be up to the first five minutes of this movie. The first, you know, I understand people being confused and not really understanding where it fits in, but I think it's up to you know pretty much the first five minutes of Rogue One to explain that, set the stage, and then you can move on. You know, once that's been set, I don't think there will be any confusion after the first five minutes. Yeah, I think they honestly, I wonder if they're not just banking on the Star Wars name to get people into the theaters. They know the hardcore fans will be there. They know if they put out a decent quality product, we'll be there a whole, more than once. And then the question is, like, how do you get the regular people in there? And I think after the hype that uh, The Force Awakens had and its box office results i think they might just be banking on the fact that people are going to go see it because it's the new star wars movie and hopefully like you said within the first five minutes or whatever they can let everybody know you just then you just don't hope that there's not a backlash from like the people that aren't as in the know that go to the theater thinking this is going to be the further adventures of 
Ray and Finn and Kylo Ren and all that stuff. And here's the thing. Those people aren't blogging, or do they give a shit? You know, right. the moms and dads that, you know, are taking their, their 10-year-old kid to the movie because it's the new Star Wars movie are not going to be upset that this wasn't episode eight. Oh, I thought I'd get to see Luke Skywalker. Like, nah, dude. Like, you know, they're not going to take to the internet with a vengeance. Right. What do you think, Goose? I want to see Darth Vader. Like, I, I think that, not to go against what Will says, I think Darth Vader should come out and be in the movie a whole lot. Just, and the person who get you know, uh, uh, Jenna Urso, I think is her name, uh, gets by because he's fighting everybody else. It's just something happened. It's something slipped through the cracks. I won't, I won't Vader whooping ass. But I mean, I'm I'm gonna be straight up honest. I'm gonna, I'm biased about that. Like I, I get to see a Vader before my first thoughts of Vader, right? So yeah, I I mean I think you will see him doing some stuff i don't think he's just going to be like walking around and talking i think you will see at least some action from vader i don't think he's going to be in the entire movie and i don't think he's going to be a huge part of the final movie um but i think he will be there and uh like uh, if i had to say it's going to be somewhere in between han solo and the force awakens and luke and the force awakens he's not going to be in it as much as han solo but he's going to be in it more than luke was in the force awakens if i had to guess well, the the thing with Vader is, the first time we got to see him fight, it was, you know, they're all supposed to be older. I mean, this is, you know, they're old cats by this point. And it was like a little standoff. If he's supposed to be the master of the dark side like he is, I want to see him whoop ass because this is going to be him a little younger. Not too much, but, you know, a, a little younger. Uh, and the speculation of him being... Uh, being hurt in battle and he's he's in the tank and everything i want to see a little bit of that i want to see you know him being able to get hurt in battle not just right the one well, time we got him see a hurt when he got his hand cut off by luke so i mean only time he got hurt well he uh, luke also uh cuts him on the shoulder in empire strikes back um oh yeah yeah i forgot well okay i i think Touché. i think that's something you got to be careful with because you can't have him like force unleashed badass in this movie because then that vader especially if this is taking place in just the days uh leading to a new hope then you can't have him being uh, way more powerful than he was in the original trilogy i'm not saying you can't go a little bit more you know depending on your your choices like the the choices the director and the writer of the movie made but you can't have him being too much more powerful or doing something too much more crazy than he did in the original trilogy, because then it just wouldn't really match up. Because then you'd just be like, why didn't he do that shit all in the original trilogy? Well, maybe this last battle grounded him. Like, let him be badass, and then, like, you know, something did happen to him that he was in the tank, and that, that was his, uh, pretty much them grounding him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he got hurt right. bad enough. All right, he probably needs to step it off just a second. I think, you know, Darth Vader at this point where we're at is at a point where he doesn't get his hands dirty if he doesn't have to. Because, you know, who who's going to present a challenge to Darth Vader? Right. Who's going to hurt him or even touch him? The man can stop laser bolts with his bare hands or his robot hands. And, you know, like, 
who is powerful enough to even present a danger to him. And like when we see him in Empire and um, and A New Hope, like he's he's commanding troops. He's showing up to strangle you if you just didn't get it right. Like right. he's not really. He doesn't have he his choking hand. motherfucker. He chokes the shit out of people. And now that is what I want to see. I want to <laughs> see somebody fuck up and get force choked. You know, in in this. Movie. I think that could be possible. I think that could definitely be possible. But I assume that Vader is expecting the guy in the white cloak to run his shit like he should. Right. All right. So next up, we have our buddy King Tom, and this is what he has to say. Halls and Will. Last week, I put on my Kia D. Mundy-sized thinking cap, which covered my whole body, and came up with an idea. It's not huge or monumental. <laughs> it's not huge or monumental, but I may have devised a possible plot point to connect Rogue One to The Force Awakens. The big plot device in The Force Awakens is the map to Luke Skywalker. Kylo Ren says the First Order has their half after recovering it from the archives of the Empire. In an interview, JJ said R2 accessed the map when he interfaced with the Death Star. Well, why was the map on the Death Star? The Rogue One trailer clearly shows the Death Star over Jedha, so the Empire has some business there. In addition to whatever official purpose the Death Star was serving there, the Empire was also claiming Jedi lore. They found whoever had the main part of the map and transferred it to the Death Star for safekeeping. That doesn't need to be a major plot point of Rogue One. I'm thinking more like the appearance of the Death Star plans in Attack of the Clones. Something small to add to the story. They probably won't connect the dots this way in the movie, but until otherwise proven, this will be my head canon. What do you think, your pal King Tom? Um, I think that is a cool like that could be a cool little way to connect it. And the whole map thing in The Force Awakens is one of those things that I feel like wasn't exactly explained well enough. I know that I've heard that it's a map that contains where all the Jedi temples were throughout the galaxy. And I'm not sure if I've heard that from an official source or on a podcast. There's, it's, I can't really remember. Um, and he is right that JJ said that the reason R2 had that piece of the map that they needed is because he got it when he um, accessed the Death Star in A New Hope. So, uh, if I had to guess, the reason that information was on the computers in the Death Star is that the Empire is connected in some, like, huge galaxy-wide, like, intranet, for a better lack of a better term. Some huge network that, like, if you're on the Death Star and you need to access whatever the fuck it is, you just, you know, you access this network. It's got all the information you need. And that's what uh, R2 accessed and uh, pulled the plans off of, but... Uh, or the the map off of, but that's just my guess. Um, you know, I like King Tom's thinking here. I like I the innovation and the creativity. I think that's neat. Um, what the two things that just ring true in my mind are that moment in the prequels where Obi Wan comes to Yoda <laughs> looking for his lost planet, and they have that three D map of basically the galaxy and the solar systems. Right. Um, I, you know, the Jedi temple being the collection of knowledge that it is, I assume that basically a map of the entire galaxy is kept on record at the Jedi temple. Uh, you know, because they have access to it like that. Obviously we see that. Uh, and the second thing I think is 
what kind of empire, what kind of galactic <laughs> empire would you be if you did not have, you know, a full-scale, detailed map of the galaxy? Like, what kind of galactic right. empire would you well, be running if you I didn't have a map of the entire galaxy? I think the the question that really comes into mind is like, okay, yeah, I can definitely see why there would be a map to of the entire galaxy accessible to the empire and the rebellion and you know just about anybody you know but the question is is you know they got that fucking um gps line on the map that shows like several different stops it looks like it stops at different planets and then the final planet is octu where uh luke is you know so that information i think is what they're saying is the um where all the different jedi temples were like that that line that GPS line that they couldn't just extrapolate on in that one little section of a uh, map that was missing. My question is why is that chunk missing? That who, is a good question. Who went into the database? I mean Luke may have done that himself, you know, before he disappeared. Remove that chunk or somebody must have, you know, maybe Obi-Wan did it before he ever died. You know, that is a good I, question is who removed that chunk? And uh, clearly the answer is they removed it. So nobody would be the empire or nobody that that shouldn't be able to would be able to find the planet where the first Jedi temple was. Right. So that's what I would think. But who got rid of that chunk of the map? That's a good question. What do you think, Goose? The, uh, the thing about the map. I'm I'm with you, Halls. Like uh, they didn't explain it very well for me. Uh, you know, we got this whole big thing, and the the podcast that I learned it off of was this one uh, about where they got it. I don't know where you, like you said, where you heard it from, but it, you know, uh, R2 got it off of uh, the Death Star plans. So, or when he accessed the Death Star, right? Uh, but I, I'd like to know a, a little bit more about about that part of it. You know. Uh, where everything was and what all that, you know, why just that section right there was missing. Right on. Uh, if, if you look at the map, like uh, I was looking at the other day, I was like, I'm kind of weird about stuff like this. You could pretty much plot that out. I mean, if they have that vast of information and everything, when that entire map's pulled up, that little piece right there is not going to keep you from finding anything. That's well, what I was kind of thinking. That's what I was thinking too, that, but you also got to think it, think how many like that so that's just a little chunk of the whole Star Wars galaxy. And if you think about galaxies and stuff, think about how many possible planets and moons and stars and black holes and shit would be in that chunk. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you, you, you let me tell you a, a way that you can think about this the little ease your mind. It's in a galaxy far, far away. These sun guns, they got they, right. they have they have like their technology is way beyond us. It, it would take it would take thousands of years for us to build a, a Death Star. Like oh, right. literally, like like physically building that size of a, a structure would take thousands of years, and they do it in a matter of what years maybe maybe right. like years simply years that 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 right that type of feat right there there's something beyond that that's uh just when you see that map right there that little piece of the map that's missing Kylo he's just a, such a little bitch boy he could have just, <laughs> just pretty much walked that like he could physically walk between that little that little piece right there 
define that. I mean, just a straight plot cor- uh, uh, course plotting. And, and what we're looking at, you know, we're assuming as planets, if, if we just scale back in our mind for a second idea-wise, those could be systems, like solar systems. Because like, right. if you think about the vastness of the Milky Way galaxy and you pull out a chunk, just that little, if the same relative scale, there's going to be, I mean, 10, 10 to 15 maybe solar <laughs> systems in right. that same chunk. So you may, it, 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 it looks like planets, you know, but if I, I feel like I can justify it better if there are several solar systems within that chunk instead of several planets. Right. Um, also, the thing I think about is that, you know, clearly the Empire had access to this information. Like, that's where R2 got it. Right. The Empire had access to this information and knew where that, where that system and, and planet were at the time that R2 accessed that information. So sometime in between, you know, A New Hope and The Force Awakens, that information is deleted and removed. Well, maybe, they did, maybe their chunk of the, maybe their map had that... Uh that chunk missing too you know what i'm saying because who's did uh maybe um, the death stars well how would r2 because r2 got the outer section right like the section that was on the little chip that was in bb8 was like the little section right and then or am i thinking of it backwards was it the big no it was the big section that was missing R2 the, had little... the big section oh shit i don't know man I'll have to think. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the R2 had the big section, right? And BB-8, BB-8 had the small section. I'm thinking because about that they, backwards. Then you're right. The, the first time that they pulled it up, they're like, "Oh, it looks like a section of a map. Looks like a section." Right. When they first, when uh, BB-8 first showed it, it's a section of a map. That's that's uh, right. And I'm thinking about it backwards. That means when R2 got that information, that's, that, that chunk, chunk was wasn't already there. missing. Right. That's. I was thinking about that backwards. You know when. Um, in episode three, when Obi Wan sort of does his hacker shit to put out the message to the Jedi, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like maybe he did that then. Maybe he accessed something and was like, "Well, shit, I'm take out some pertinent information." And he clearly got the idea from you know the planet Geonosis being removed from the Jedi archive. Camino, Camino, Camino. I'm getting my planets all mixed. It's up. It's all good. Well, uh, why don't we move on to our next email. It's from our buddy Brad. Hey, guys. Quality episode last week as per usual. Another question this week. I have asked this of a podcaster before, but I would like your take also. A while back, I started checking out fan films. Fan films. I found a good few ones, a few good ones, but mostly they are real tough to watch. I don't know how fan films, how fan films made by fans can be so far off in spirit and feel of Star Wars. How do you guys feel about fan films, and are there any that you have come across that are at least not cringeworthy? If anyone is interested and don't doesn't want to get to go through dozens of painful videos, I have a short list of good ones, most recom- mostly recommended by someone else. I'm not sure if they want their name associated with this email. Uh, they said Troops, Darth Maul Apprentice, and Rebel Scum. One last thing, I'm not saying all fan films not on that list are bad because I have not seen them all. Brad, um, have either of you guys ever watched any Star Wars fan films? Yes, I've seen a couple back in the day, and I saw the one that Sal uh, from Making Star Wars was in. Right, I'll watch them. I actually check out a good bit of YouTube content, so I will watch them occasionally. And every now and then, one will get uh, like a lot of hype. 
Um, that Darth, I don't know if it's Darth Maul Apprentice. The Darth Maul one, the Darth Maul one, I don't know if it's that one, but I watched the Darth Maul one probably two weeks ago that was so dope. Yeah, there's one, I, I wish I could remember what it was called. It may be Darth Maul Apprentice, but it was so fucking awesome. There's a really good Darth Maul one out there. Um, I also really like Exile, Star Wars Exile, which, uh, Sal, who's been on our show before from, and he's from, uh, making Star Wars. He, uh, he plays Quinlan Voss in one that's real good. Um, that's got some cool shit in it. Um, and you know, really, I watch these fan films and most of the time I'm just impressed. Like, even if the acting isn't great and it doesn't really feel like Star Wars, a lot of times there's a lot of work put into the special effects yeah. and the CG and stuff. And, and from that standpoint, like, I'm like, well, good on you guys. Cause right. And then sometimes there's ones where like the CG isn't too great and you know, you know, it, it really just depends on whatever their resources are, I guess. But I've watched a lot well, of Boba Fett ones and I can't really think of one that sort of sticks out that makes me like that I recall, but there, there are some good ones out there and there's some bad ones out there and you just sort of have to, you know, weave through and, and figure out which one you like. Uh, Troops, if neither of you guys have seen that, Troops is... I don't know if it's the first Star Wars fan film, but in the earlier days of the internet, it's the first one I remember hearing about. And it's like, um, it's a group of the stormtroopers on Tatooine, and it's like an episode of Cops, but it's following troops, and it's like meant to be funny and stuff. It's like a, a Cops parody. Oh, nice. But it's what, pretty good. What's what's the one, Halls, that uh, that me and you watched? It, it was several, several years ago. It was uh, the X-Wings and stuff fighting in outer space. Oh, was this it's the like a, was this the one that looks like a Japanese animation? Like that looks like an anime. Uh, it's Tie Fighters. Yeah. It's animated. There's not uh, like yeah. real people in oh, it yeah, and stuff. Yes, yeah, animated. Yeah. Man, that I mean, is but it was incredible. Really, it was really, really good. I like. It. He was just asking about you know that that can be considered fan fiction. It's not you know necessarily human, but it's anime. Oh, it's definitely a short yeah, film. I, mean, I would call that a fan. It, yes, yeah, a short film. That's it's it's really really good. I don't I don't remember the name of it. I just remember uh, me and you watching it. Hell, I think that was still when you lived like in Startle. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Well, the it came out first, and I remember seeing it, and then he finished it. He did some more work on it and re-released it in the last couple of years. And man, it's great. I would watch the shit out of a show like that. Oh, I would too. Yeah, it's, it's, I can't remember what it was though. If you, I, I think if you, on YouTube, if you just search Tie Fighter Animated or Tie Fighter Anime. It'll come up for sure. Yeah, uh, it should be one of the higher ones. I, I'm, I would be guessing. I it's kick-ass. Really and I'll tell you this about fan films. I think it's just the nature of the low production value of those those films. You know, because they are labors of love, and people sink their blood, sweat, and tears into those projects. But for sure, you know, he's asked about not cringeworthy. I just think you know it's the nature of the production value that all of those projects probably have their fair share of cringeworthy moments, regardless of how good they are, surely because of the production value. It's like, you know, you're not going to find a sci-fi movie that ha doesn't have cringeworthy moments. Like, it's just part of the production value of it. Right. Well, next up, we've got a, an email from Richie from Boston. And Richie is mad this week. Now, I'm going to put a... This is an email from Richie from Boston. Some names have been changed to, to protect the not-so-innocent. Richie brings up some stuff, and um, I'm... 
Like, uh, I'm just, I'm going to edit it live, just saying, like, I'm going to change a couple of names, just because I don't want anybody else brought in on this, but it, it, it pertains to some of the stuff that came up last week. Will and Halls. Okay, now I'm pissed. I saw the one-star review for Rogue One from a certain whale shark and knew exactly who it was, but I'm not that concerned about it. Other podcaster A might have the biggest mouth in fandom. He's going to handle Mr. Whale Shark just fine. As long as other podcaster B lets him, that is. Because you see, Mr. Whale Shark, foul-mouthed other podcaster B has more class than you do. <laughs> when you come after my boys at Blue Harvest, you're asking for trouble, motherfucker. You've incurred Richie from Boston's wrath. So, dude, fuck you. So you're one of the biggest podcasts in fandom, and yet you're the smallest person. How small are you? How small are your testicles? How shriveled is your nutsack <laughs> for you to go after little old Halls and Will? At least Halls and Will put their passion on the line and say something interesting every time they open their mouths. Your show has become guest-driven. Your point of view makes no sense, and your voice is grating. You have one show on the feed that I listen to, and it's for the phenomenal guest talent, not you. He speaks, I'm enthralled. He's an expert. You speak, and it's like diarrhea just exploded on the equipment. All I can think <laughs> is, shut his fucking mic off and let the guests do the talking. And you know what the worst part about your parent, parent cuntiness is? Not an hour before I turned on Blue Harvest, I was listening to my boys at Podcast 66 talk to other podcasters C about how the fandom feels like a big family. Well, Mr. Shark... If this is a family, then you're the weird fat uncle that got thrown in jail. As far as that other butt plug and Oh, okay, so I should give some background story on this because I need to explain something to Richie in this. So the other day, Will, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, um, somebody responded to a message from Vader Nick about Richie from Boston. He was trying to find Richie on Twitter. And yeah. this person responded to this old message and said, Richie, Bo Richie from Boston was murdered because he, re he reported on the satanic sacrifices going on at CERN. I, I heard. I saw that thread and was like, okay. I, so it just, this guy, it, it, I think yeah. Richie thought this guy was like threatening him. He wasn't. Now, I'm not taking up for this guy because this dude is certifiably fucking nuts like you look at his twitter and he is a nut job like after i figured out what he was talking about i just told him like dude you need to take a break from the internet buddy like calm Back down check pants on fire like his his whole fucking twitter is talking about satanic sacrifices going on at cern how uh different politicians are li lizard people how bill clinton's got aids and he's gonna die any day now like all kinds of crazy conspiracy shit so, uh, so he, read, he reads uh, National Enquirer. Oh, I don't know if it's National Enquirer. This is the kind of newspaper you got to buy at, like, uh, you know. Uh, a flea market. At a flea market, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, so this is what Richie says. As far as that other butt plug on Twitter is concerned, Richie from Boston is alive and well, motherfucker. Why are you so fucking weird? I hate both Hillary and Donald, but they're not lizard people sent to rule us from another planet. I think you better put the tinfoil away and go lie down for a bit. And don't worry about me. I'm not going any anywhere. When I became a father, I chose to avail myself of every possible way to keep my family safe. So, um, 
Yeah, the only thing I'll say, Rich, is I don't think the guy, I think the guy was just weird and dumb. I don't think he was threatening you, buddy. So I don't think you have anything to worry about. Um, I think he was just, uh, he thought, so I, I read up on the story, and apparently there was like this hoaxed video that was online that showed a satanic sacrifice going down at CERN. And then they said the person that reported that, whose who's like code name was Richie from Boston. It's just a weird fucked up coincidence. I'm sure this weird guy was just searching Twitter for the phrase Richie from Boston and responding to everything going, the scientist from CERN killed Richie from Boston because he exposed their evil satanic ways. He thought he had found a buddy, a sympathetic ear, you know. And, and no, really, it's just a fat dude in a wheelchair that's like, you want to talk about Star Wars? I got a conspiracy. I think Boba Fett killed L Baru and Owen Lars on the homestead. And that's why Darth Vader said, no disintegrations. That's my, uh, that's my Star Wars conspiracy theorist voice. I just came up with that on the... That's pretty good. I didn't come up with that theory. That's a theory that, you know, went around a little while back. Um, so we got one last email. And it's from our buddy Tomas. Hey, guys. A little bit of sequel inquiry this week. Do you think we will ever see Rey return to Jakku? Or do you think she hates it as much as Anakin did? Black Series update. Got myself a nice Guavian Death Guard for the low price of eight ninety nine at my local Walmart. Nice, buddy. That's a definite clearance figure. Excuse me. Uh, so, um, so, uh, yeah, good, good call on that from your loyal listener, Tomas. What do you think, Will? Do you think uh, Ray's going to be making Ray or anybody? Do you think we'll see Jakku again in this trilogy? Not unless you want to whip Unkar Plot's ass. Like, uh, I don't think there's anything to do on Jakku again. You know, I mean, unless. You know, Unkar Plot has some spig, spig, ugh, ugh, significance to any part of the story. You know? Right. What about you, Goose? Do you think we'll be seeing a, a return to Jakku? I, I would not lose any sleep if we did not go back there. So, I'll say before The Force Awakens and then after seeing The Force Awakens, if you had asked me this question, I'd have been like, nah, I agree with these guys. I don't think we will. The only thing that makes me think it could be a possibility is that in these fucking aftermath books are really sort of hyping Jakku up to be something more than I thought it was. Um, like, uh, the Emperor leaves this guy on Jakku to watch over something that he says is going to be important to the galaxy's future, and they don't really explain what it is, um... So I don't know if there is some sort of significance to Jakku, but if there is, I could see us making a return there. Um, if if that is all resolved before The Force Awakens, then no. Because maybe whatever happens at the Battle of Jakku eliminates that interest from Jakku. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know how to say what I'm trying to get across here. Like, if something happens in the... In, the Battle of Jakku that makes whatever it is that the Emperor want guarded not uh, an issue anymore. Let's say it's a place that got blown up or a person that got killed. I don't know. But if it's any of those things and, and that's that's not a an issue anymore, then I, I don't see them going back. 
So it's Did, hard to didn't say. Didn't you say that they were probably looking for a, a, what, a, a Sith holocron? Like, is that what your kind of theory was? Or I don't know if it's you, a... You, like... Because... That like the little bit that happens there, we know there was some sort of um, imperial weapons factory or facility or research station or something on, there on Jakku, and um, I think maybe that gets blown up in the Battle of Jakku. And if that's the case, then you know, then that's not whatever they were guarding. If that is what they were guarding, then it's not an issue anymore. If it was something that's not that's more secretive, hidden, a tomb, a relic. You know, I don't know exactly what it could be. I don't think it was a holocron because I don't think if there was a holocron on Jakku, it would take them that long to find it. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to and, say. You know, my whole my whole thoughts come from Maz Kanata saying, you know, no one's coming back. No one's right. coming back for you on Jakku. Like, right, right. And I mean, that is a good point. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it, I'm really... Uh, I haven't exactly enjoyed these Aftermath books to the greatest degree. I'm still not done with the second one. Um, I like the second one a lot better than the first one. But if they don't... I want some more explanation of this shit that's going on in the little interludes about Jakku and stuff. So we'll see if they actually do that. <clears throat> well, I think that's going to about do it for us this week, buddies. Uh, Goose, thanks for coming on. Anytime, baby. And thanks for recording with me, Will. Absolutely. I wouldn't Bef miss it. Before we go, Goose, where can our friends find you on Twitter? Uh, at Goose Payne. At Goose Payne, P-A-Y-N-E. And, Will, they yes. can find you at? At Will Witten 3. That's right. If you guys like uh, the opening music to our show, you should uh, support the band that let us use that music. They're called Stoned Cobra. You can get their albums online at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. You can buy their newest album, Armed and Hammered, on iTunes, and you can also stream it on Spotify. So you should do that. Uh, we've got stuff up in our store at tpublic.com slash blueharvestpodcast. Um, and we're looking forward to talking to you guys next week. 66 episodes down. Yay for us. So, for Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast, I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And I'm Goose Payne. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. It's a trap! It's a trap.